Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. I don't care what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you could respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and welcome to another episode, episode 17. Uh, today we're going to be talking about... So let's dive right in. But before we do that, as always, let's introduce my great co-host, Jake Grant. Welcome, Jake. Hey, Jeremiah. It's great to be here, man. How are you? Good. How are you? We're doing pretty good. We're out here in Missouri. Uh, we've been working on building a studio here uh, in southern Missouri. Tonight we are going to be beginning uh, Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. So we've been kind of getting ready for the, the feast season over the past few weeks. And then, of course, next week we're going to start Sukkot, and uh, we're going to be camping out. Uh, so we're, we're excited. It's a great time, a great time of reflection and just looking back at the year and, and figuring out like, all right, where, where do we go from here? And uh, I'm excited. I'm going to have a bunch of friends and family. We're going to all be out camping for Sukkot. So we're looking forward to that next week. Sounds good, man. Like a recording studio? Yeah. So we're, we're I'm at a, a building here in uh, southern Missouri. And right now my office is kind of a, a little haphazardly set up in a big room. So I have a little bit of echo, but um, they're going to be uh, a couple people helping me put together a, a studio setup so I can have a better, you know, set to record videos in and uh, maybe, you know, do some audio or, or whatever, uh, you know, we want to use it for, but it'll be, it'll be the nicer setup than I have right now. I'm, I'm kind of sitting in like a giant cafeteria with <laughs> my back against a wall. <laughs> I have like a makeshift green screen, you can't tell, but. Uh, it's doing the trick. Man, that's awesome. So let's dive right into current news. All right, this week I wanted to start off with an entertaining clip from Norm MacDonald. Uh, you know, we, of course, we've played Norm stuff on here uh, several times. And we're going to slide right from that video of Norm McDonald 
and to some liberal theology getting completely destroyed uh, in terms of the BLM uh, kind of mindset of, you know, all white people are to blame for everything. And uh, so we're going to start off with this hilarious uh, deadpan humor scene from Norm MacDonald, uh, who was accepting an award. So let's go ahead and show oh, that clip. Yeah, this is great. But I am sorry I cannot in good conscience accept this award. I instead have chosen to give my time to a friend who has something very important to say. <laughs> my name is Johnny Two Feathers. While you enjoy tonight's show, I want you to think about something. The spot where you're sitting, every square foot of ground in this country was stolen from my ancestors. And after you stole it, you murdered them. So you'll forgive us if we do not laugh along. There is nothing funny about the extermination of a people. The, the theater stinks of blood. That's all I have to say. Oh. All right. Johnny Two Feathers, everybody. Johnny Two Feathers. Give him a wave, Johnny. Oh, Johnny, you don't want to wave? All right. Well, Johnny Two Feathers. Wow. Well, <laughs> the, that's great. What an awkward moment, you know. Well, that's uh, what Norm was great at. He was great at making people feel awkward. And that that's probably one of the the main things that I love about him was that he knew how to make you uncomfortable and either in a funny way or not, you know. Really depended on how you took his humor. So, I mean, that's a great example of it right there. Yeah, I I love Norm's, you know, presentation of serious truths uh but he brings the humor to it just because it's so like such a curveball mm -hmm. and um and i i think one of the ways that our society has been manipulated is uh they take truths and they make them either taboo to talk about they make them where you are now a conspiracy theorist if you believe mm -hmm. it, an alternative narrative uh and so that's why i wanted to show that clip at first it was you know kind of kind of funny what he did to those uh high elite hollywood types oh yeah he and, was calling uh, people out way ahead of time and uh if you guys love norm mcdonald you just you're gonna love the history segment too so just keep that in mind because we talk about norm with somebody extra special so. Sweet. I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I, I've heard some rumors. We're going to have a great history segment today. Um, but that leads us into our next video, uh, which is the liberal BLM topic getting destroyed. Uh, and so let's go ahead and play this next clip uh, in relation to kind of what we heard Norm doing. I'm dying to know. If all lives matter, why the f do you get so upset when we talk about the black and brown ones? This country was built on white supremacy. White lives have always mattered in this country. You need to worry about washing that nasty ass hair and going and reading a book. And let me tell you why you're wrong. First of all, abortion is murder. Second of all, you acting like kids ain't getting kidnapped every year. And what do you mean that this country was built off of white supremacy? If this country was really built off of white supremacy, that means every European would have been enslaving black people. Only 6% of them own black slaves. The first Republicans and Democrats were black people. And those same black and white Democrats lead to lynch every white person and black person that tried to vote Republican. Over 3,000 free black people in America own black slaves. Africans sold their own slaves to Europeans to get trades and goods. The first legal slave owner in America was an African tobacco farmer named Anthony Johnson. Over 100,000 white men died in the process trying to free black slaves. 
Republicans are the ones that ended slavery. As soon as you made an insult about her hair, that made your point invalid. So before you start talking, make sure you actually know your facts. Come on now, stop playing with me. Very, very interesting breakdown of some of these controversial topics that are garnered around racism. And of course, uh, while Norm MacDonald called the Hollywood elite out on the blood of the natives that mm -hmm. they had on their hand, right? Taking, uh, we had guys like Ricky Jarvis, the comedian slash actor, Ricky Gervais, uh, who called Gervais. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he called out Hollywood for the blood of children on their hands but there's a, a different type of blood on these people's hands and they're also the ones pushing these uh, agendas to kind of keep the general populace suppressed depressed mm -hmm. believing one's racist believing everyone is uh got some kind of agenda behind how they live life and it's really to turn all of us against each other yep and and of course uh you know moving past the kind of the the, the political realm we have some weather news uh we had the of course hurricane ian came through and absolutely destroyed man it's wiped out crazy destruction and uh and of course, this is one of the biggest hurricanes to have hit in recent years, and so uh, there's some interesting, you know, theories coming out. We, we, you know, just take it or leave it. This is just a show about our opinions, kind of mm -hmm. sifting through the world's events. But we definitely know that, based on information that was put out uh, around the Paris Climate Accords, that chemtrails and all the weather manipulation that's being done around the world is absolutely not a conspiracy anymore, by the way. <laughs> um, I have to get into this video. Could there be uh, weather control uh, being implemented, uh, being applied to these storms uh, in the Atlantic? So let's play that next video, Opa. Is our weather and our climate being manipulated? Examine the data in this short report. Decide for yourself. Frequency transmission manipulation of hurricanes are patented processes. The technology is not new. The list of weather modification patents numbers into the hundreds and continues to grow. This is Hurricane Ian, passing near the NEXRAD transmission facility in Key West, Florida. When the transmission facilities are fully energized, they have a repelling effect on any air mass that has been saturated with electrically conductive climate engineering elements. Patents call for such seeding into storms to be carried out from above by jet aircraft. The NEXRAD transmission network then interacts with the storm air mass, determining where a storm will migrate and where it won't. As Hurricane Ian is allowed to make landfall, the frequency transmission facility in Melbourne, Florida is fully engaged. This effectively slows Ion's migration inland. The transmissions can diminish precipitation in some regions while augmenting it in others. It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather, and he who controls the weather will control the world. 
weather modification, climate engineering patent holders like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin do all the weather modeling for the nation's weather forecasting personnel, the National Weather Service and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Both agencies have an illegal federal gag order on their personnel. The scheduled weather forecasting scripts are then passed all the way down to the local meteorologist level. The official narrative must be controlled. All must follow the same script. Is it any wonder that the script readers miraculously know up to a week in advance that a storm like Ion, which was completely unorganized, a mass of convection migrating across the Atlantic, would end up where it did? The same with Hurricane Harvey, Sandy, and so many others. The U.S. military first officially deployed hurricane manipulation operations 75 years ago. Project Cirrus. Disastrous results were reported. In 1962, Project Storm Fury surfaced as a continuation of the U.S. military's hurricane manipulation efforts. During the 1960s, the U.S. military continued to expand its weather warfare efforts and knowledge in Vietnam with Project Popeye, a historical fact of record. So the bottom line question is this. Is hurricane manipulation real and ongoing while illegal gag orders and paid off politicians are utilized to keep climate intervention operations out of public consciousness? Connect the dots and decide for yourself. Share credible data from a credible source. Make every day count. Time is not on our side. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org. So, uh, what what do you think about that? What an interesting new perspective on what was going on there this week. I mean, it's I know it's devastating there for people that lost everything. They lost their homes. They lost everything. And then, you know, I think they're using it as a tool, 100%. They're using it as a tool to uh, say that, oh, there's climate change and, oh, all this stuff. And it's like, it's almost like they're doing it right in front of our faces is what I feel. I don't know, but those are my opinions. <laughs> yeah, it sometimes makes me think perhaps it's not the fact that they created this hurricane or that they're even mm -hmm. the ones who wanted it to happen. I'm not going so far territorially to say, oh, they wanted to destroy Florida. Instead, it seems like what they are doing in the heavens, in the skies, is saturating the issue of natural weather phenomena. So by feeding the clouds with heavy metals or or you know doing this or that, whenever a natural phenomenon happens, it, it's way worse than it could have been if they just left the skies alone. And yep. I think in that way that's how their influence is affecting uh, the weather because we saw those uh, maps of the weather uh, stations like you can see there's definitely something happening in in the sky through those cloud formations, and uh, and it, it's it's like it's like undeni undeniable. It's undeniable. At yeah, this I mean, point. way back with Lyndon B. Johnson, you saw mm -hmm. him give that speech about weather satellites and all this stuff. So, just uh, wanted to share with you guys that since we oh, did have that uh, fun fact about LBJ. Storm. Fun fact. 
Did you know he is the only, well, besides Washington, he was the only president to become president in another state? He, he was sworn in in Dallas, Texas on the tarmac right after Kennedy was murdered. Isn't that oh, weird? Oh, yep. Wow. So Interesting that. That, that the guy who takes over the presidency from the president who mentioned monolithic conspiracies, you know, uh, is also someone talking about weather modification. <laughs> mm -hmm. So pretty interesting uh and, and so more recent news uh recently we had a Nobel prize going to savante pobble for his neanderthal work and of course this is the same prize that they gave obama for just being you know obama obama yeah, <laughs> yeah so they uh they've given this prize to this gentleman the Nobel prize uh for his work in identifying dna from a 40,000 year old piece of bone um, so it was interesting. I, I wanted to read the uh, the kind of the answers in Genesis answer to carbon dating Neanderthals in Spain uh, because it's interesting because they gave this guy recently the Nobel Prize, um, and of course, um, carbon dating in itself is a a big question uh, whether it's an accurate dating methodology or not uh i have been convinced in my research that it's actually very inaccurate and used to throw outlandish and exaggerated numbers on things that are sent into these labs um unless rigorous pretreatment protocols have been used radiocarbon dates should be assumed to be inaccurate until proven otherwise um and uh Anyways, I, I just, you know, while this guy is being given the uh, Nobel Prize, it's always worth looking into uh, some of the pseudoscience that is put up and given these pedestals of uh, awards and put mm -hmm. into the, the spotlight of the world, despite being kind of uh, guesswork and having a lot of uh, issues with how these numbers are arrived at. Mm -hmm. um so Absolutely. uh check that article out over here at answers in genesis uh some of their uh research has been pretty good uh regarding carbon dating and some of the errors with how that system goes about uh we have here um an interesting article about uh european leaders blaming russia as sabotage for sabotage after the nord stream pipeline explosions uh, this happened at the end of September. Um, it says here, European leaders said Tuesday the believed dual explosions that damaged pipelines built to carry a Russian natural gas to Europe were deliberate. And some officials blamed the Kremlin, suggesting the blasts were intended as a threat to the continent. Uh, of course, this is interesting. It admits the shortage of uh, gas and energy uh, costs in Europe. Uh, and so... Uh, as all of those countries are suffering economically, uh, things like this is only going to make that problem worse. And I have an interesting meme that I'll share with you guys later at the end of the show of how they supposedly found a Russian passport floating in the bubbles, proving <laughs> that they're the ones who did this. So just very similar language to what we saw with 9-11. I know, I was um, just about to say. 
we have here uh, an interesting article about Coke adding some bizarre flavors. Uh, Opa submitted this one. Uh, he actually week. tried one. Uh, oh, really? Yes. It's been a long time since I've had a Coke, uh, but what? how did it go over, Opa? It was bizarre. Uh, I want to tell you that uh, it really tastes bizarre, and I'm wondering if I got filled with a bunch of nanobots. <laughs> wow. Well, you never know. I mean, with flavors like, what, Dream World? Uh, That's the one he <laughs> tried, I think. He tried Dream World. Said it was weird. It says... We wanted to create a dream-inspired drink that was recognizably Coca-Cola, but with additional cues that bring to life the playfulness and brightness of dreams. So, Opa, if you start to have uh, crazy dreams, you let us know since you gave it a taste test, okay? He said, okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have another video here of uh, FBI arresting two doctors charged with conspiring with Russia. Let's check this out. The FBI has arrested two doctors. They're charged with conspiring to share military health records with Russia. Bruce Lashan combed through the indictment and what he uncovered is unbelievable. The FBI raided this Rockville townhouse Thursday morning, arresting Johns Hopkins anesthesiologist Anna Gabrillion and her spouse, Army Major and Dr. Jamie Lee Henry. Henry held a secret level security clearance as an internist at Fort Bragg, headquarters of Army Special Ops. Major Henry has been in the spotlight before, making headlines as the first openly transgender woman in the military. The Justice Department says Henry and Gabrillion met repeatedly with an undercover FBI agent who they thought was a Russian embassy officer. A grand jury indictment alleges Gabrillion told the undercover agent that she was motivated by patriotism to Russia. Dr. Henry allegedly told the agent they would help Russia all they could. The two allegedly offered private medical records of five military veterans or relatives that they thought the Russians could exploit. Gabrillion allegedly called her spouse a coward for being concerned about violating the health privacy law. Anya очень good. Always good. Uh, uh, good. Anya good. He, uh, Jamie Henry good father. Anya good mother. The couple's babysitter insisted that the two were far too busy to betray the U.S. to the Russians. Good boys. Three boys. Three boys. Good. Anya очень good. A federal judge in Baltimore just released the two to home detention with 24-7 location monitoring pending trial. A lawyer for Major Henry declined to discuss the doctor's guilt or innocence to one count of conspiracy and seven counts of wrongful disclosure of private health information. In Rockville, Bruce Lachan, WUSA 9. All righty. So, interesting story, uh, this... Uh, high-profile trans military person <laughs> colluding with the Russians uh, in some form or fashion. Uh, it, it's interesting to me, though, that we're seeing news uh, around, you know, people being arrested for supposedly conspiring with Russia, mm -hmm. which is reminiscent of the Red Scare days of the 1980s. 
Uh, I'm sure, Opa, you remember those days where anyone and everyone who wasn't, uh, you know, on, on the side of uh, Reagan and uh, JFK and, and all the, the kind of the systems in place that our government was putting on to the Red Army, uh, if you didn't buy it or if you had a different opinion or if you were, you know, even remotely pro-Russian, you were now public enemy number one. And it seems to be that this is kind of making its way into the the current news. Uh, so, anyways, I just thought that was an interesting story there. And we have a, a, a funny meme there uh, at the end of the show that we'll share revolving around this story as well. But uh, just something that popped up on my radar that I found intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a important speech that was recently given... Um, and it's uh, called the Fake Queen of Empathy. Uh, and Opa, if you wanted to go ahead and play that, it's kind of a disturbing dystopian speech recently given. Now to Jacinda Ardern, who according to recent polls, looks like she's in all sorts of trouble in New Zealand, but there will surely be a role for her at the UN or World Economic Forum. Just listen to this Orwellian nonsense from the fake queen of empathy. How do you successfully end a war if people are led to believe the reason for its existence is not only legal, but noble? How do you tackle climate change if people do not believe it exists? How do you ensure the human rights of others are upheld when they are subjected to hateful and dangerous rhetoric and ideology? It's little wonder that speech was described variously as disturbing, dystopian and dangerous. As Nick Cater wrote superbly in The Australian Today, Ardern's speech to the UN was a masterpiece of muddle-headed moral equivalence. It wove terrorism, nuclear war, the invasion of Ukraine and climate scepticism into a single threat to humanity demanding global action. Yes, Ardern wants to control the information you have access to. She looks at the internet as a weapon of war that requires the same level of action and activity as the old weapons of war. Remember when she claimed that her government was the single source of truth on COVID-19? dismiss anything else we will continue to be your single source of truth we will provide information frequently we will share everything we can we now know that much of what she said wasn't factual including when new zealand declared COVID 19 eliminated in 2020 and talking about disinformation have a look at this collusion between big tech and big government to censor dissenting voices, even the dissenting voices of scientists. Listen here to Melissa Fleming. She's the Undersecretary for Global Communications at the UN. She explains how together with the help of Google, they bury search results that question the existence of catastrophic climate change. You know, we partnered with Google, for example, if you Google climate change, you will, at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. 
we started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Googled climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted uh, information right at the top. So we, we're becoming much more proactive. Um, you know, we own the science and we think that the world, you know, should know it. And, and the platforms themselves also do. We own the science. Again, remember how people, including scientists, were censored and cancelled from Twitter and YouTube for questioning the merits of some COVID measures and for questioning whether the virus came from a wet market in Wuhan or perhaps from a lab in Wuhan, which was researching coronaviruses. What a crazy breakdown uh, regarding this Ardern of uh, New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's just so interesting how, you know, you hear some of those comments that the internet is the place of the next world level weapons, right? That they need mm -hmm. to control as uh, previous iterations of destructive weaponry. Uh, but this weapon is a weapon of information, which of course we are learning how to navigate ourselves, you know, with Skiba News Nation. But also other very big named uh, YouTube channels just recently are encountering the push against quote unquote misinformation, mm -hmm. uh, which actually just means non uh, accepted mainstream propaganda pretty much. Uh, were you, are you familiar with uh, Russell Brand, the comedian oh, yeah. slash truther? Yeah, I follow his, he, his YouTube channel. He's going to rumble, isn't he? Yes, he just recently he made a couple very controversial videos calling out the big V and uh, unfortunately he got his account flagged and striked just like we got uh, from accidentally including the word in, on one of our uh, shows, which is fascinating to see how even channels like his with 800,000 plus subscribers uh, yep. is not immune to being censored by this mechanism that is being implemented in the internet age to completely discourage anyone from speaking out against this topic and uh and i wanted to share uh several very significant videos uh they're uh on instagram opa is the next ones we want to show and it's tied to the the misinformation that is being you know dangerously distributed to <laughs> mankind uh, but we're going to cover uh, several uh, angles of the V topic very carefully. We're going to censor it so that we don't get flagged and striked like Russell Brand did. Uh, but we want to definitely keep putting truth out there. And just so you guys know, we've also uploaded Skiba News Nation to Rockfin. Uh, and we're going to have exclusive content on there as well as having exclusive content on Patreon. Uh, such as, uh, you know, the second half of our history interview today which is going to be very interesting for people if you know who uh you know just stay tuned you'll find out who it's going to be uh but and we also have rumble and BitChute, uh, and we keep those updated so and they're uh, all in the description below they're all below in the description so don't forget if you want to follow us on all those other platforms or they're right there oh yeah all right open let's go ahead and play the first video Rule of law. Well, you know what? Let's use the law against them, and we can do that. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we're suing. And one of the things, one of the ways I'm trying to stop them is, in our case, it's Robert V. Austin in the Tenth Circuit. I put in front of the court 
the question, is it true that people who were given mRNA gene therapy shots are in fact now the property, the chattel property of the patent holders? And what's interesting is the Department of Justice who defends the Department of Defense, Health and Human Services and the FDA, all at the same time they defend them, didn't deny it. So here we are in front of a federal court of appeals where law is made. Um, we have a hearing coming up on the 18th of November, and I believe the question before the court that they actually want to discuss is whether or not it's permissible for people to be owned, right? That's in violation of our 13th Amendment, the anti-slavery amendment that came in after the Civil War. I think we can do the same thing in every country, right? It's, it's, it's a crime against humanity by itself. Slavery is a crime. So why don't we chase that down? And you're basing this, and I'm going to bring it up, you're basing this on the fact that, that there is a, um, a document that talks about the, pat the patent uh, corporation, corporation well, treaty, right? Yes, the, uh, that's part of it. But let me tell you something. The, the reason why I put this in front of the court is because there's already a legal precedent on this. It's a Supreme Court case from 2013, and the holding of the case is use of mRNA to create gene modification results in the synthetic genome, meaning the result belonging to the patent holders. That is the state of the law today, and I'm seeking to invalidate that. And yes, the, all the patents you find subsequent to that, including the one I sent to you about the Bill Gates battery, is it's dependent on ownership of these people who are no longer homo sapiens. In fact, they renamed them homo borgenesis. Um, so what, what human yeah. rights does a homoborg genesis have? Right, uh, if they're uh, not what is human. a homoborg genesis? Homoborg genesis is the species that they have named vaccinated people. And I use the term vaccinated loosely. The genetically modified people are now referred to as homoborg genesis, not homo sapiens. You can see it in the very first, I think it's the second page actually, in the NASA Langley research paper on fifth generation warfare. They say um, humans, whatever, and Borgs. So they've already said that, that people are, are not going to be homo sapiens. And therefore the question arises, if Maria is no longer a human for purposes of the law because she's been genetically modified, um, then what protections does she enjoy under the penal code? If, if somebody were to murder a homoborg genesis, would it matter? Because the definition of homicide is the unlawful taking of a human life. My concern is they went to such extreme measures to make this legal, to genetically modify people, turn them into chattel property by hook or by crook, but not by force. So right now they have this argument, oh, well, they took the shot. And I have to tell you, there is precedent for this in, in France. Um, there was a, an insurance company who didn't want to pay. All right. So, of course, whenever we see that, it's just like, what an interesting lawsuit to bring against uh, the experiment that was done on mankind the past two years. Uh, but that leads us to our second video here, uh, which is how people are disguising and hiding symptoms of the experiment just because uh, who, who wants to go and find out you've just done something adverse to your health, to your longevity of your life. Uh, so let's go ahead and watch this next video of Jab Tales.
All right, a little story time here, guys. So, you know, I'm an audiovisual technician. I do sound lights and video for corporate events around the city, and I meet different crews every day. And this guy that I saw today, I knew from school. We went to school together for audio engineering and production. It's basically people that were in bands, and their bands don't make it big. And then we learned to record other bands, and we learned to produce our own music. And he had a really good band, really good voice, really good songwriting. The guy had it all, and he's working in the union, and I'm just happy for him. And then I said, uh, he was asking me what I've been up to. And I said, well, I got out of the game for over half a year because of discrimination. He's like, oh, pff, man, don't even. So I said, no, no, tell me your tale. And he said that he held out as long as he could. He knew it was a bad deal, but they were going to withhold the unemployment when our whole economies were shut down if he didn't get the And I said, well, I know that because I turned down unemployment if it was based on a jab. Uh, all of our rights were removed, and of course, it's coercion. And so he said, yeah, he held out as long as he could. Then he got the jab, and after his second jab, he had three weeks of heart pain that he didn't report to anyone, and I get it too. You just, you don't want to. You don't want to know how bad it is. So he suffered through it, and he's over it now, and God willing, he's going to be healthy for the rest of his life. But how many people are walking around with unreported side effects that they're just telling people oh, no it's just anxiety it's just COVID anxiety we're living in this weird world where everyone's pretending you're back to normal but under the surface are discussions they're not willing to have with themselves or with their doctors dr hoff mentioned that 60 percent of people that he tested in his group of a thousand that had the jab had a micro blood clotting in their blood with the d-dimer test how many people are walking around utterly mutated by their government and they're okay with it that's the biggest crime against humanity of our time. And everyone's on about, look at this. Everyone's on about their day, guys. It's just a little heartache. It's just a little heartache. Everything's back to normal, though. You've got to be kidding me. This is a mad world, and it can't run like this for a long time. If they're not working to get class action lawsuits to get justice for what was done to them, it's going to happen again. Of course the lockdowns are going to come. You haven't reacted appropriately to the last ones or to the fact that you were coerced into a jab that mutates you. It's just gross what they've done to human beings conflating this jab with the other live attenuated virus or inactive virus vaccines, considering mRNA technology to be one of those. And if you doubt it, you're an anti into the ones that were doubting measles. It's a crazy world, guys, and we're destined to repeat it until we face it honestly, and humanity's not ready for it yet. It's just a sleepwalk. Sleepwalk to catastrophe, guys. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. All right. So just like he said, it's a sleepwalk of humanity to walk into these experiments, double down, even though it is provably a mistake, and then once again, we kind of lull ourselves asleep because we don't speak up against the system that has coerced us, that's propagandized into believing these lies. And then guess what? When round two comes by, mm -hmm. uh, the same exact thing is going to happen. And uh, so those are just uh, two uh, controversial V topics that I, I needed to cover. We're going to heavily <laughs> beep and censor those, of course. Um, but uh, just, you know, I wanted to share those because, you know, talking about this is what got got many people booted off of YouTube and Facebook for dangerous misinformation. The White House actually came out saying anybody who spoke against the official WHO narrative was spreading information that was killing people. And yet uh, we are being proven uh, time and time again after the fact that we have been vindicated in standing up against this pharmaceutical money monster uh, that has wooed the government and the world over.
so let's go on to our last uh, topic of the day. Um, we have uh, 140 years of UFO sightings, and I just want to scroll through some of these uh, pictures for you guys. And uh, let me know. Can you can you hear me over here, Jeremiah? Yep. Okay, so. I wanted to scroll through this article from the Telegraph of 140 years of UFO sightings and pictures of unidentified flying objects since 1870. And then we're going to play a short video from uh, Instagram of the space programs and, and what's going on in the heavens. Uh, but let's just look here. Uh, I'm going to zoom out a little bit more so you guys can see a little easier. Um, but this first image is interesting it's what is claimed to be the earliest picture of a ufo the picture was taken from the summit of mount washington in new hampshire in 1870 so this image you're looking at right here is from wow. 1870. That's all right crazy. let's keep going here one of the earliest photographs of an unidentified flying object this picture was taken somewhere in the united states during the 1920s and you can see up here in the top right corner, there's like a little mm -hmm. smudge. Uh, of course, you guys can look at this article at telegraph.co.uk, uh, 140 years of uh, UFO pictures. Uh, but here's another one. Here's a UFO. An object hovers over a sawmill, sawmill in Ward, Colorado in April 1929. Uh, here's one with a gentleman in, in New Year's Day 1939, an unidentified man pictured somewhere in the U.S. with an unidentified object in the background. What is this thing? <laughs> you know, I'm sure some of these could be just errors in the the methodology of taking the pictures, or they could actually have been some type of UFO. Didn't it take a long time Here for we... them to, to, to actually make a photo back then? Or am I thinking of like early, early, early photos? <laughs> In the 1800s. Yeah, the early, those were 1800s. Uh, so those are uh, snapshots. Still, these are more flash photography, I believe. Okay, cool. Uh, they just had so that if, technology. Just so if anybody's thinking like like I was just thinking, it, it's, a, it's a real photo, like a photo that we take now, then and there. Yeah, as the technology's developed, it, I'm more surprised that we don't have an enormous catalog of high resolution, great photograph uh, photographs and videos just b based on the technology everyone has in their pocket nowadays i mean mm -hmm. there should be a, an instagram account that's like oh here's th this week's ufo you know snapshots and that's what blows me away which well there's a tv show on on discovery uh plus and it's called um i think it's called unexplained files and they they do they do cover like people's phone cameras and they they uh there's also one called uh they're all on tv so you have to pay for it which kind of stinks you would think like you're saying they would be on social media everywhere but all over the place yeah right um i mean i, I have seen i mean like that report down in texas we had a few episodes ago you mentioned uh but there's and then they tried to say it was elon musk's yeah. thing and i was like i don't know about that i don't know just the other night out here in Missouri, I saw Starlink crossing the night sky, and it is so otherworldly looking. Uh, and it makes me wonder if they really have that many satellites up there, why is it that the first time I'm really noticing something so peculiar is Starlink? Because, I, I, you know, I have seen the, the little dots every once in a while that move across the heavens, 
Uh, but Starlink, man, it makes me wonder if the scriptures talk about how the stars and the heavens, day after day, night after night, utter forth knowledge, and how there's this divine story being told in the heavens that the Creator put up there in that clockwork piece, right? What mm -hmm. tale are the modern scientists and uh, and space programs telling uh, when they put up their own wandering star to go through the you know the narrative of the heavens and what what narrative is starlink likely spelling out with its trajectory um, as it you know spins around and, and mm -hmm. does its thing in, in the sky but let's I, uh, keep looking at some of these oh go ahead I saw Sputnik when it was launched by Russia, and I also saw the echo, the gigantic echo balloon that they put up in space and, and orbited. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's definitely something something up there. Um, I mean, here's some more pictures here of the Foo Fighters, uh, the famous Foo Fighter image. Uh, Not the band. Pictured along, alongside air, Allied aircraft. Um we have searchlights converging over Los Angeles in 1942. Some little dots up in there. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a UFO above Hopin Province, China. What in the world? Um, we have, uh, you know, here's a one with a, a 1945 picture featuring Jack Lemonde on a horse with a, the, some weird object. Um, I mean, there's so many interesting photos here of throughout time, uh, well, a photograph time that is of these different uh, images and video uh, kind of recordings of possible UFOs. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and show this next video from Instagram. Oh, it's our last video uh, regarding the space topic and, and the space programs. Let's, let's see some of the indoctrination and propaganda that comes along with this topic. Does anyone have biscuits that may require some gravy? Just recently, last week, on Monday, uh, NASA launched their DART mission to hit an asteroid in the first ever planetary defense test. After 10 months of flying in space, the DART mission, which stands for the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, uh, is the world's first planetary defense technology successfully impacted an asteroid. The NASA video is absolute nonsense, right? And, and people in the past have said, oh, these truthers, they just they just hoax all this. I did this on a live stream last night with night vision goggles. Everyone was there. You can trust me or not. I don't give a shit, but this is what it actually looks like. So it looks like a tri It literally looks almost like an angel flying right to that star. Boom, like a Stargate. And I'm not making a claim it's a Stargate. I'm just letting you know that they're claiming that something moving that fast with that much energy is a rock, a cold rock that they could shoot with a probe. And it's very sexual. <laughs> Listen to how the woman's talking at first. It's as if she's looking at a penis. <laughs> oh, why are you always talking about sex? Because it's crucial for mind control. Space sex. Why do you think in Austin Powers 
the rocket ship, they showed you what they do. It's two <laughs> balls and a shaft flying through the air, right? When you look at the blue origin, it is a circumcised penis. And then if you point it out, people go, oh, why are you always talking about dicks? Well, because listen to how she's talking. It's as if she's looking at a penis, right? That's why all these incels and gammas and low status men are tricked by this. Listen. Eight, yeah. Seven, uh, six, oh. five, wow. Wow. Three. Oh, wow. Two, and then right up front, right up front, it's a blonde bouncing her tits. Right? And it's a woman going, oh, wow. It's, it's a sexual adventure. And if you don't see it, that's on you. I'm not here for the people that can't see it. This is what it actually looks like, right? Boom. Oh, you see that? You think you, think you can shoot a probe and hit that? <laughs> well, that's why I break fears here, because uh, the fear is one of the things that keeps you in that lowered state. All right. Oh, man. So uh, <laughs> look at how the indoctrination around this topic is so sexualized. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, it is funny. I, I, I mean, I do love that scene in Austin Powers, I must admit. <laughs> That's probably one of my favorites. What is that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, just recently, you know, the, the current news aspect of that is they've developed a technology to stop meteors from being able to hit earth or whatever mm -hmm. uh but it, it, it's it's like the the subtle indoctrination that they slip in there is just so oh, yeah. overt and that, that's why i love uh, owen's breakdowns of topics like that and i uh, wanted to share that video and and of course owen was greatly influenced and very close with norm mcdonald as well which i hear you know we're gonna hear a, a guest that uh you know uh, was likened to you know uh, who knew Norm Macdonald as well in our history segment, but uh, that's all the current news I had for us today. Thanks, Jeremiah, for uh, listening in and checking that out with me. Well, thanks for sharing, man. And I know somebody in the comments uh, the last video said, does he have a channel on Benjamin and how they could find him? And uh, I figured you would know the answer to that more than, more than I would. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you think guys like Russell Brand are getting censored by having to move over to Rumble. Uh, Owen Benjamin's banned from like Patreon, Airbnb, like all of these different crazy things. So if you want to find his uh, streams, you can find it over on, I think, BitChute and, and those kind of uh, black cat streaming services. Like we're also uploading our stuff too, but he's definitely one of the most banned people I've ever encountered online but uh you can find that those streams uh over on BitChute. and just type his name in okay man well thank thanks for sharing i i really that was a great current news man and uh so i think it's time for one of my favorite segments opa's corner so take it away opa Welcome to yet another episode of Opa's Corner. So, as we always do, let's start off with a few stories. 
For a weekend break, three old college buddies go down to Tijuana, Mexico to enjoy a reunion. They hadn't seen each other for quite a few years, so the stories were long, the laughs were loud, and the booze really did flow that night. They had such a good time, but when they woke up the next morning, they found themselves in jail. None of them could remember a thing. Within a few hours, they were taken to court and were sentenced to be executed the following day. The following morning, they were escorted to death row. Bill was first up to be strapped into the electric chair. Bill was asked if he had any last words. Sure, Bill responds. I'm from the Catholic University of America, and I believe in the power of Almighty God. I am innocent, and God will intervene. The executioner throws the switch, but nothing happens. The prison staff can't believe this turn of events. They beg Bill for forgiveness and release him. Next up for the chair is Gary. He is strapped in, and once again he is asked if he had any last words. Well, I'm from the Harvard Law School, says Gary, and I believe that the power of natural justice will intervene because I'm innocent. Once again, the executioner throws the switch, but nothing happens. Again, the prison staff can't believe this turn of events. They beg Gary for forgiveness and release him. Finally, Mike is strapped into the chair, and once again he is asked if he had any last words. Well, says Mike, I have a PhD in electrical engineering from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and I can tell you now, you won't be executing anyone if you don't plug this thing in. An elderly man in Phoenix calls his son in New York and says, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. Forty-five years of misery is enough. Pop, what are you talking about? The son screams. We can't stand the sight of each other any longer, the old man says. We're sick of each other and I'm sick of talking about this. So you call your sister in Chicago and tell her. And he hangs up. Frantic, the son calls his sister, who explodes on the phone. They're not getting divorced if I have anything to do about it, she shouts. I'll take care of this. She calls Phoenix immediately and screams at the old man. You are not getting divorced. Don't do a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother back and we'll both be there tomorrow. Until then, don't do a thing. Do you hear me? And hangs up. The old man hangs up his phone and turns to his wife and says, Okay, they're coming for Thanksgiving. Now, what do we tell them for Christmas? Walter took his wife Ethel to the state fair every year, and every time he would say to her, Ethel, 
You know that I'd love to go for a ride in that helicopter. But Ethel would always reply, I know that, Walter, but that helicopter ride is $50. And $50 is $50. Finally, one year, they went to the fair and Walter said to Ethel, Ethel, you know I'm 87 years old now. If I don't ride that helicopter this year, I may never get another chance. Once again, Ethel replied, Walter, you know that helicopter is $50, and $50 is $50. This time, the helicopter pilot overheard the couple's conversation and said, Listen, folks, I'll make a deal with you. I'll take both of you for a ride if you both stay quiet for the entire ride and not say a word. I won't charge you, but if you say just one word, it's $50. Walter and Ethel agreed, and they went up in the helicopter. The pilot performed all kinds of fancy moves and tricks, but not a word was said by Walter or Ethel. The pilot did his deftifying tricks over and over again, but still there wasn't one peep out of them. And when they finally landed, the pilot turned to Walter and said, Wow, I've got to hand it to you. I did everything I could to get you to scream or shout out, but you didn't. I'm really impressed. Walter replied, Well, to be honest, I almost said something when Ethel fell out. <laughs> but you know, $50 is $50. And that's all for the stories. And now for the funnies. <laughs> and now this week's funnies. And though we'll never know just why Dave wanted to cross the road, we can rest assured that he is now, at last, on the other side. <laughs> Tonight's English as a second language class has been canceled. He surprised a Hamburglar. There was a struggle, and he sustained three broken McRibs and a McDouble <laughs> fractured humerus. <laughs> Camelot. New and used. Conrad grew to resent the four calling birds his true love gave to him. Do you know what this is? It's the phone bill! <laughs> the real reason dentists have lots of money. <laughs> Church mice, we'd like to talk to you about cheeses. 
I run every day religiously. When no one was looking, Irwin literally took the stand in his kleptomania trial. Son, there are two kinds of people in this world. Those who are good at math, those who are good at English, and those who ain't good at neither. That's true. I hate my job. <laughs> oh, please. What can you tell me about my life? Get one. <laughs> the spirits are gathering and are ready to speak. But first, a word from our sponsor, Charmin. What is the meaning of life? Have you tried Googling it? Mr. Ed spills his guts. And then I see Wilbur go around to the back of the barn carrying the shovel. And he's got this wild look in his eyes. And he's like real nervous. And then I noticed he's trying to bury a big plastic bag, which first I figured is just full of manure. But then I start to wonder what the hay is going on. And then... I don't know, Hansel. It doesn't look gluten-free. <laughs> Jet fighters of the future. <laughs> ha! Ain't a rattler, Jake. You got one of them maraca players down your bag, and he's probably more scared than you. And what's your story? If you ain't a mutineer, then what the hell are you? <laughs> the real reason dinosaurs became extinct. Punctuation police. Furniture removals. What? <laughs> Noah's greatest ordeal. Will you hurry up? The kitty is punching out one of his lives. 
Our new refrigerator has facial recognition. It knows when you've exceeded the amount of times you're allowed to open it. <laughs> Not far from it. Four basic personality types. The glass is half full. The glass is half empty. Half full. Oh, no, wait. Uh, half empty. Uh, half full. What was the question? <laughs> hey, I ordered a cheeseburger. <laughs> and that concludes the funnies for this week. My hood, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Hut. Und hat er nicht drei Ecken? Dann ist es nicht mein Hut. Opa, thank you for another great Opus Corner. It reminds me of my childhood, for real. And uh, I was blessed yeah. to have 28 years of my own personal Opus Corners. And uh, I'm so happy now I get to share it with you guys, because Opa's awesome. Thank you, Opa. That was great. All right. Well, it's time for history. So today we're going to be talking about this man right here. His name is David Berkowitz, also known as Son of Sam. Do you know anything about him, Jake? I'm not too familiar with David Berkowitz, no. Okay, well he is known as the 44 caliber killer or the Son of Sam. And he was an American serial killer who pled guilty to eight shootings in New York City in 1976. But... There's a lot of, uh, there's a really good Netflix documentary, which I'll get to later, but a lot of people think that he was not the only person involved in these crimes. And uh, that's what I'm going to show you in this first clip. The Son of Sam one of the most notorious serial killers in U.S. history. Many believe the man behind the murderous rampage is David Berkowitz. But one survivor says it's not that simple. There might be more to the Son of Sam shootings than just David Berkowitz. I was tormented, I was driven, I just, I was falling apart. I looked back and I said, my God, you know, how did this all come about? It's late October 1976 in Queens, one of New York City's five boroughs. 20-year-old Carl De Niro, who will leave for Air Force basic training soon, is ready to kick off the weekend. I went to a party with a bunch of friends. Uh, after the party, came back to the bar that we hung out in. De Niro ran into Rosemary Keenan, a pretty 18-year-old brunette he knew from college. We talked for about 45 minutes and we decided to leave. We got into her car and drove around the neighborhood. They find their spot at 159th and 33rd. We're sitting there three, four, maybe five minutes. And uh, next thing you know, all the windows blew out of the car. I didn't really know what happened, but uh, I knew we were in trouble. And I told her to uh, get out of here, start the car. I passed out for probably 10 seconds. And when I came to, she was in a panic because she didn't know uh, where she was. And uh, I directed her back to the bar that we started at. And the doorman said, you know, Carl, you don't look too good. And I said, I don't feel good. And my shirt just turned blood red. And 
that's that's when my my friend said we gotta we gotta get him to the hospital. At the hospital, De Niro learns what actually happened. He's been shot in the head. NYPD launches its investigation, but before long, their victim becomes their suspect. Because of my long hair at the time, and because of the low crime neighborhood, uh, they kind of jumped to the conclusion that um, that it was a drug deal gone bad. So for six months, I basically had to defend myself to my mother. My mother believed the cops. De Niro's shooting isn't an isolated incident. Over the next several months, there are more, mostly targeting couples in cars and women with long brown hair. Two of the victims die. Clearly, he had something in for women, although he shot men, too. Women seem to be his victims of choice. Cops are at a loss until they catch a ballistics break. They were able to put together four seemingly random, random shootings, um, all tied to the same type of bullet, and then later on was the same type of gun. So they came to the conclusion that there's a serial killer. Turned out I was the second victim, but found myself in the middle of shooting spree. The madman would be dubbed the 44 caliber killer. A month later, that would change. A letter is found near the bodies of his next two victims. A new moniker is born. The maniac who calls himself Son of Sam. 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 Who is the assassin hiding behind the aliens? Varying witness accounts of the shooter make cops work even harder. The sketches were so different, so it was confusing. Who was this guy? As spring turns into summer, the son of Sam's reign of terror continues. Shooting, killing, and taunting police. He was kind of saying to the cops, come get me, and they didn't know how. Then they did. I find it remarkable how he was caught. He got a parking ticket. I got a call from my sister saying that they just arrested the son of Sam. His name's David Berkowitz. 24-year-old David Berkowitz, a postal worker from Yonkers, confesses to a loan killing six and wounding seven others, saying that the Sam and the son of Sam referred to his neighbor, Sam Carr. And it was Carr's demonic dog who told him to kill. Cops got their man, but not everyone believed it was an open and shut case. I believe that David Berkowitz did not act alone, and in fact, it has crossed my mind that this 44 caliber pistol that was the weapon used in the shootings uh, that we witnessed uh, was passed around among a number of people. Berkowitz pleaded guilty and was eventually sentenced to six consecutive life terms of 25 years to life. Several years later, on two different occasions, investigative reporter Maury Terry interviewed David Berkowitz in prison for a documentary series. In these rarely seen meetings, Berkowitz tells Terry that he was not the only shooter. Now, there were a series of eight attacks known yeah. as the Son of Sam Killings. Yeah. Did you do all of them? Uh, I was at all of them. I was at... Uh, more or less at all of them, scouting the areas and, and reporting back on likely targets and things. And uh, I did not pull the trigger at every single one of them. And uh, I believe the police do know that. 
Berkowitz claimed his accomplices were fellow members of the 22 disciples of Hell's Satanic Cult, who he joined when he was 22. And the killings were sacrifices to their satanic gods. Berkowitz agreed to go through each shooting, saying which ones he did and which ones he didn't, including Carl Denaro's. Carl Denaro, Rosemary Keenan, and Queens. That wasn't you. Were any of the 44 shootings done by females? Uh, yes. Would that have been one shooting or two? Uh, one I know of, possibly two. I know that Carl's uh, was a definitely a, a woman. Berkowitz refused to name any living co-conspirators for fear of reprisals against his family. But De Niro may have an idea of who she is. All indications point to uh, to a female who was in the cult. We can actually place her within two blocks of the, of the shooting, and she's still alive. Uh, she would be 71 years old now. Who do you think shot you? I'd rather not say. De Niro hopes one day there will be enough evidence to have the case reopened. Until then, he counts his blessings that he's alive. He survived when tragically so many didn't. I always consider myself very lucky. Extremely lucky. So David Berkowitz, I mean, uh, was he the only killer, do you think? Or do you think he was involved in a cult? Wow. So it reminds me of the satanic panic days and how uh, in modern mm -hmm. modern media, they paint the satanic panic as a nonsense, fear-mongering church movement. But when you see stories like this with how there was a possible satanic coven going mm -hmm. around murdering people as sacrifices, then it definitely seems like uh, it wasn't just the one guy that the police pinned the blame on. It was a, a, a conspiracy. Yeah, well, uh, th that's what the, the Netflix uh, documentary is about. And I, I wanted to share that with, with you guys, just a preview of it, because it blew my mind. I, I, I still don't know quite what I believe. I mean, but, but just take a look at this video. Run from me, darling. A killer on the loose in New York for a year and three days. Run, my good is David Berkowitz, the man police believe to be the son of Sam. You better run for your life. They totally ignored the true story of this case. Run. Once they named Berkowitz, it was like, hallelujah, we got our bad guy. Everybody can walk the streets again. The city of New York can rest easy. There were real questions in this case. Why do the police not investigate more? The sketches don't add up. You're not going to mistake Berkowitz for being six feet tall and blonde. You got suspects dying accidentally. There were eight attacks. Did you do all of them? I did not pull the trigger at every single one of them. The worst serial killer in New York City didn't do it on his own. This is freaking huge. Son of Sam is not over. Son of Sam still exists. Mark 
medical witness claiming members of a satanic cult helped in the murders of six people. I could feel a force pulling me into the darkness. This group is all over the country. They were devoted to bringing on the end of the world. Is there a link between the Manson killings and the Son of Sam killings? Maury wanted the truth to come out, but nobody would listen. This case went off the rails a little bit. People are scared that this is still happening. With Berkowitz in prison. Who's still out there? You better run for your... cut it there so that it's called sons of sam and uh i mean he to this day he will not name names and it kind of reminds me of mk ultra with the manson family right oh yeah i mean wow it makes me wonder how many instances of pinned on serial killer cases uh was actually a front for larger covenant activity of them going and murdering people in ritual and then one guy takes the fall for it you know it's it's uh crazy that they're unpacking that case today and it turns out hey it, they really were worshiping satan and you know sacrificing people and that there's so much evidence that shows that that it was other people i mean all those different police sketches and some of them look like females some of them look like males or what is a woman right I'm just kidding but um so so you know that i'm a big true crime person and so i i want to show you this i brought this from home i actually wrote uh david berkowitz and he wrote me back Let's see if oh I can wow right. and uh he's a he's a born-again christian he says and he sends like pamphlets on you know his story but he doesn't really go into detail but it's it's very odd here let me show on the close-up view and uh, he's heavily against something called murderabilia which is the the buying and selling of you know infamous serial killers and you know like John Wayne Gacy paintings which you know some of the stuff is actually kind of cool in a weird way but it's also it sucks for the families and and he's he's probably the biggest uh, one of the biggest people that is like, you know, hey, we need to stop this. So I'm lucky he wrote me back, but wow. But uh, that's all I got for Son of Sam. So this next clip has nothing to do with Son of Sam, and this was what was promised. Um, so Fred Stoller is a great actor, comedian, who I befriended, and he was really great friends with Norm MacDonald. He's best known from... His work on Seinfeld, Dumb and Dumber, uh, and my dad's favorite show, um, Everybody Loves Raymond. And he played Gerard, who was his favorite character. So he would have been so happy to see that I was interviewing him. So I hope you enjoy this. This is probably one of the greatest comic legends of all time. His name is Fred Stoller. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Uh, well, I don't think I'm one of the greatest comedy legends of all time, but 
thank you for, for saying that. Well, to me, you are. I mean, like I grew oh. up watching you on on movies and TV and oh, my dad you. who who passed. He loved uh, everybody loves Raymond. Like and Gerard was his favorite character. So. Yes. Right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Try it again. Right now. Right now. <laughs> now. Now. You're really annoying. <laughs> That's right. You know what? I quit. That's so nice. Thank you so much. So first of all, I want to say thank you for being on the show. So I know you were good friends with my favorite comedian of all time, Norm MacDonald. Is there a, a story? Is there a story that you can share with me that like nobody knows? Like. Hmm. Exclusive? That's hard to say. Let me think. Um, I toured with him for about 11 months and uh, <clears throat> he, he's a great guy and is just as funny as you would think, except he really can't do Uber. He, well, can't do anything now, but he couldn't do anything tech. So you had to sort of be his assistant, which could get tiring sometimes. So one time, this is uh, 2015, before there was Postmates and stuff. So we were, we were in a hotel in Manhattan and I had to uh, get, uh, I said, I'm hungry, I wanna get something. He goes, get me potato chips. And uh, I said, all right. So I'm there and he's texting, what the f is taking you so long? Where's my potato chips? And then, I, I, you know, and I said, uh, I called him, this, those of them weren't good. <laughs> and I had to go to every store in Manhattan. It was late and read off the potato chips. <laughs> and then uh, that he could, he was fun, but he could be a ball buster. And just, uh, you know, I don't know if he really cared about the potato chips or that was his shtick. Like when people saw me on his uh, podcast. You want me to read your intro? I'm sorry. Sure. No, do you want me to? We Whatever. Don't to. Tonight's guest is a great comedian. <laughs> Who made this go from number six on the must list to off it. No, no, no. He played Gerard on everybody. Was it Gerard? On, you had a French name? <laughs> I, I saw the show. He played Gerard on Everybody Loves Raymond and has been in very funny movies like Gold Member. I had one line, yeah. The Wayans Brothers' Little Man. From the, the people, it was advertised from the people who brought you white chicks. <laughs> that was the thing on the marquee. Yeah. They uh, said uh, it uh, looked like he was being a bully, but it looked like he cared about you. So it was a little bit of both. We were like brothers in the way, you know, he'd be the annoying, taunting big brother, but he still cared and loved about me. And uh, one thing is, <clears throat> anytime anyone came up to us, he always uh, engaged them, did selfies, asked them to sit with us and eat. So everyone on the road has a story to tell that they bumped into Norm and maybe me. And it, it was a story they'll tell the rest of their lives because we... Man, I wish I could have met him. 
he was he, like he, he helped me get through a lot of uh, personal depression and stuff like that with his comedy and and so did you in your movies so I mean yeah I could see you guys definitely as like brothers like you guys are kind of in the same boat when it comes to y'all's kindness y'all are pure comedians like he he passed like, so sudden and you know nobody knew and I know and I like, didn't know so. everyone who came up to us they just, uh, he'd always give them tickets for the show. I'd have to set it up. He just made so many people's lives with just little uh, interactions. If you met him, he would have been, oh, really, man? Yeah, hang out. So it was amazing to be a part of that. You know, I still have dreams. I'm still working on the road with him. And anywhere you were, part of opening is you had to hang out with him till he fell asleep. I guess he was on medication. I didn't know because he was sick. And uh, he loved watching the debates, the 2015 presidential debates. And he would really, he got a kick out of Trump. It was just so crazy. Same. I appeared, he had a sitcom called Norm, The Norm Show. I know. Hey, how's it going? Oh, uh, hey, uh, hey, listen, I'm waiting for this pathologically shy guy. You haven't seen anybody around here like that, have you? Let me that letter say. I want to help him, you know. Hey, if he asks me nicely, I'll even take him to lunch. We'll talk over his problem there. What you think I'm say, but they don't let it in. Hey, would you guys please be quiet? I got an incredibly shy guy over here, and I can't hear a damn word he's saying. Me, him, and Artie Lang would sneak off and play tennis, and they were trying to find us. So there were a lot of laughs on that show. Underrated show, for sure. Yes, it was. Oh, here's a story. People may know it. He loved Jack Warden, an old character actor. And he, he demanded a lot of money and the network wouldn't pay it. So Norm paid with his own money to get Jack Warden on the show. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I didn't know that your television debut was on Letterman. My next guest is a very funny gentleman who works out regularly here in New York City at a club called Catch a Rising Star. He is making his network television debut. Please give a warm welcome to Fred Stoller. Fred! <laughs> which was awesome because Letterman, I mean, to me and to a lot of people, he's the king of late night. I know to Norm, he was the king of late night. Norm felt so lucky that he was Letterman's last comedian. Like he was the last person on Letterman. I just like to say, I know that uh, Mr. Letterman is uh, 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 not for the mockish and uh, he, has, uh, he has no truck for the sentimental, but if something is true, it is not sentimental. And I say in truth, I love you. Oh, my God. 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 Very funny, Norm. And thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you. Norm MacDonald, ladies and gentlemen. That was very sweet, Norm. And uh, I saw yours, and it was so funny, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're going to have fun now. Okay. I was just on the ledge of a building, 20 stories up. Below me, a crowd of people formed. They started screaming, don't spit. <laughs> My mother, she's always telling me I'm a nothing. She's always telling me my brother's better than me in this, and he's better than me in that. I don't even have a brother. 
There's not a lot of warmth and affection between me and my mother. I asked her about it. I said to her, Mrs. Stoller? <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I had a tooth extracted. My father said, forget a dentist. Let's do it like on TV. So he tied a string around it really tight, tied it to our car, and drove towards me. Yeah, I was laughing really hard. What happened at the end? Because uh, it cuts off, and it's... Y'all are sitting together, they go to commercial break. We'll be right back, folks. And then you come back and he's like, well, thanks for stopping by. Did something happen in between that? We're just about out of time. Thank you very much, Fred. Nice Thank job, you. it was very was funny. Something. Nice to see you, come back again. Thanks. Also, my thanks to... Uh... No, it's just like a thing where I think I was gonna say something and, and he caught me off and I went, all right. And it got a laugh because it was like, you know, he was the guy uh, leading it. But, uh, but that was like a genuine moment of you being like kind of confused, like what's yes. going on? Confused. Awesome. That's the way to put it. And what, what was it like to be, I mean, in the presence of Dave Letterman? I, to... I bumped into him. He came once to catch a rising star. I did it one other time. But... <laughs> I don't remember that. Maybe <laughs> I'm so nervous. I don't remember. What was that like just anticipating your moment to, to, have your first television debut on on Letterman. Like, was that nerve-wracking? Oh, absolutely. I may have been called at the last minute, so so long ago, I don't remember, where you don't have time, luckily, to freak out about it. When I was first on stage, that's exactly how it was for me. Like, I don't even remember. I, I remember the video clips, but I don't remember the actually doing it, if that makes sense. Right, right. So what's your favorite role that you were ever in? It's hard to say. Well, I had so much fun working with Norm. It was amazing to be on Seinfeld, to be sitting at Monk's Diner. Hey, Jerry. Hey, hey Fred. Hey, Foot fell asleep. You're lucky. At least you got something to do. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber in the phone booth scene. Sir, did you ever hear of the concept of other people? Um, me being that for the phone, sir. Oh, did you uh -huh. turned your back on me. Oh, he got me mad. I almost yeah. like it. Here's your drink, baby. What I would damage I could do to you, cause you were stifled and I hold on to wanna. That's not your problem. You didn't know. Get off the phone. This one right here. That scene. Yes. Did I send you that? The yeah, you sent me a couple. You sent one for my mom and uh, one to me. Yes, yes. Well, I, I appreciate you being here. Uh, Absolutely. Seriously, you're you're the best that's alive, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, one of the best well, uh, that's, that's so character cool. actors. You're a good character actor. You're a good comedian. Like, I couldn't think of anybody better to have on the show, honestly. I mean, because I always play a comedy clip at the end of the history, and everybody loves the comedy clips. And then, you know, I could have this opportunity with you. Honored to be here. Keep me posted, and I will keep you posted when some stuff is coming up. I appreciate it, man. You have a great day. It was honored to do it. You man. Take care. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Now we actually go deeper, uh, it'll be on our Patreon, uh, where he is talking about Cosby and how 
he kind of knew about it before and I asked him questions like that and like you know more uh, conspiratorial questions and he's seen some really dark stuff and I didn't put it in here because you know I didn't know if we get flagged or whatever but for, for our patrons I just you know want to put that out there that sign up to patreon and you can see the full video so uh, yeah, see? that was amazing, man. That I I really thought that was a what a cre cool interview to get um, with somebody that I even recognize him in several movies I've seen over the years. Mm -hmm. So just what a what a really I'm really curious what we're gonna have in store for our Patreon subscribers over there with your as you get into the conversation with them uh, and uh, just seeing some of his uh, his thoughts with uh, the Holly Weird. Hollywood, very weird holly weirdness you know uh that's really interesting um thank you for sharing that interview i mean that's all i got for history i i hope you guys enjoyed it so uh it's time for some memes meme me up All right, so we got some interesting images for you guys this week. Uh, check this out. Um, <laughs> we, we covered the story of the Nord Stream pipeline, you know, explosion. Well, here's a, a possible culprit. Uh, it's uh, somebody related to uh, Joseph F. Biden. <laughs> All right. Um, he's, uh, he's smoking the pipeline if you can't tell what he's doing. All right. What is he uh, doing? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the same people who told us we can't work unveed now want us to vote for them so they can have a job at <laughs> uh, lol all right yep. uh we we covered the topic of martha's vineyard being shipped uh immigrants from texas and florida uh well vp harris secures the border do not come <laughs> so they're protecting the the, the liberal haven of uh, all the political of their gamers. sanctuary city their the, their sanctuary the city sanctuary. the sanctuary against having immigrants come right. there because it it's too important for our campaigning right right all right so <laughs> uh, here's from the the story we were covering earlier uh, an intact Russian passport found floating in the bubbles. Uh, you know, tied to the whole Nord Stream <laughs> pipeline. Uh, very 9-11-y. Yeah, very 9-11-y. I don't know. I don't know if that's a word, but we made here's it one. A, here's Justin Trudeau saying, Canada strongly supports people who are expressing themselves and protesting peacefully in Iran. We are calling on the Iranian regime to end its repression of freedom of expression and to end the ongoing harassment of indis and discrimination against women. And a woman uh, messages on Twitter, Dude, you froze my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> so it's such a two-faced uh, agenda. I mean... Two-faced and blackface, man. Their... Have you seen him in blackface? <laughs> their new world order. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, he's such oh, a man. hypocrite. Everything he says is like... I mean, he's, he's the definition of a politician. Norma's remember, a comedian, uh, too. Are you familiar with uh, Justin Trudeau supposedly being related to Fidel Castro? That conspiracy? No, no but I'll definitely oh, yeah, look it up I, and maybe make it a history segment. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait I just got to Google. 
Uh, okay, so, I mean, it, it's just been alleged. Let's just put it that <laughs> way. All right, going on to our next. Um, a rock in bad hands murdered Abel. A rock in good hands killed Goliath. It is definitely not about the rock, folks. <laughs> Just a good reminder there. Uh, here's some uh, oh, pretty man. amazing windows keeping water out down in Florida. That looks uh, like double, double plexiglass, double, bulletproof glass. Yeah, bulletproof glass. Uh, instead of uh, protecting from bullets, they protect against hurricanes. That's cool. All right, here. I was today years old when I realized the PBS logo is the NPC meme. Check this Wait, out. Is, is that for real? Yeah, the same nose. Oh my gosh. And so the I NPC knew he familiar. meme, of course, those who are not hip on the lingo, NPC stands for non-person character, non-player character, right? And it's interesting that those who watch PBS and listen no. to their... PBS really? and drink coffee into really whisper into the microphone. Coffee is whisper. Yeah. And we are liberals uh, and listen to me. <laughs> All my opinions matter. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. You're probably an NPC if you listen to PBS, but uh, anyways. Uh, I did like their cartoons when I was a kid, but we didn't, we didn't we didn't have cable. I, we I didn't either. I I was Arthur. Uh, I'm an Arthur I kid. I remember Arthur, yep. All right, here we go. We have uh, breaking. The first openly trans army officer charged in plot to give U.S. military medical US info to Russia to help in war against Ukraine. And uh, here's the, the funny comment. I guess the trans uh, surgery that this uh, army officer went through uh, was too expensive to also help them shave down that enormous Adam's apple. <laughs> Wow, that is a big Adam's apple. <laughs> Look at the mine. It was a, that is a huge Adam's apple. That is huge. All right. What uh, are those? Okay, so... <laughs> what are those? <laughs> uh, um, uh, me trying to convince my friends we should buy a very large plot of land and start a community. Looking like a conspiracy theorist, but nowadays as the world collapses, you don't look that crazy. Nope. All right, so here's an interesting breakdown of the ex-West pro-Russia, anti-Ukraine, you know, perspective. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic, of course. <laughs> I, I think all sides are, you know, have issues here. But uh, this comment says, It is rather remarkable that so many midwits and morons in the ex-West continue to believe the narrative that Russia is somehow losing the war. Uh, of course, we see in all our media, oh, you know, Ukraine's making headway, coming back. They're going to do it. Well, let's put this into perspective. Uh, it just successfully recovered over 100,000 square kilometers of resource-rich land and incorporated more than 8.5 million Russian-speaking people into the Russian state. This is what they have accomplished. Okay. And while inflicting a casualty ratio on its enemies that exceeds the historical Israeli Arab rate, and the, despite six rounds of anti-Russian sanctions, has made a financial profit on the situation as its enemies' economies crash. Even if one doesn't count the Crimea, Russia has expanded the entirety of the size of Hungary, or, to put into American terms, the size of Colorado. 
has now become part of the Russian state. Uh, if this is defeat, one shudders to imagine what victory is supposed to look like. Uh, so this was a, a an apt comment from Owen Benjamin that I wanted to share. Uh, it is just crazy that all of our media is like, oh, Ukraine's winning. Ukraine's making a comeback. <laughs> Ukraine's doing well. And ignoring the fact that they've recovered over 100,000 square kilometers the size of Colorado, the state of Colorado, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, here's another picture here. They feed us poison, so we buy their cures while they suppress our medicine. And it's, of course, uh, you know hamburgers and pills and mm -hmm. holistic organic milk or you know whole grain or whole grain fed delicious unpasteurized unturned into poison <laughs> white sauce milk anyways uh that's enough that that's all my little meme review pictures for today but uh what a great episode jeremiah i really enjoyed our uh discussion today and that was a great interview i'm really i'm amazed you got that that discussion yeah it was it was pretty cool to to be one-on-one -on -one with them and just ask him whatever i wanted and uh he didn't give me a time limit he just said i just like to be on interview or be on a podcast and i was like well i got a podcast and he was like i'll be there so <laughs> he would have talked for three hours if if he if i uh, he, uh if he wanted to or if i wanted to so he was uh so big thank you to fred stoller for being awesome and uh it's just cool to be interviewing somebody that was so close to one of your comedy le like idols not not idols you should probably cut that out one of my favorite comedians of all time i should say yeah and uh all the cool stories and patreon the full interview will be there and he gets into the gritty stuff that we can't share here on youtube but well, I appreciate you being uh, such a good co-host and for, you know, everything you do and finding the current news and everything. And thank you to Opa. And you got any shout outs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chad Riley on uh, I, I use a lot of his news articles, so I just wanted to give him a shout out. Uh, he has some really cutting edge information he's been posting, uh, you know, some some of the more interesting uh, pieces that are out there. Um so I have a, a lot to thank for him. Uh, we're friends on Facebook. That's how I find, you know, some of his <laughs> posts. Um, but anyways, uh, just, yeah, man, this has been a great discussion. You know, as we begin uh, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement tonight, we're going to be really uh, introspective. It's called the Day of the Fast. You know, it's the time you really think about this year. It's the Day of Atonement, the, the one day where the high priest would enter into the Holy of Holies and, uh, and it's a time to kind of re really reflect. And um, the saying that is said during this holiday or this holy day, rather, as we've replaced holidays in our, our faith walk is, uh, may your name be written in the book of life is what is said around this time. And, uh, and as we exit this day called the day of the fast or kind of reflection, uh, in five days from now, we're going to begin uh, this amazing, awesome celebration, this feast of Sukkot with all of our friends and family as we practice physically coming out of Babylon in a literal way and going camping for a week. And uh, I'm just really excited. I'm going to have family coming out here to Missouri. 
spending time with us and we'll be we'll be camping and sitting around the campfire and that's man that man is some of the best <laughs> time to get some really delicious interesting kind of conversations and discussions going and and uh maybe sometime you can make up make it up and man and i'd love to a, a camping trip sit around the campfire sometime heck yeah i saw uh in my pickup truck i can put a, a tent back there you said you do camping right oh yeah i'm yep. gonna have to get get one of those and we'll come out there sounds awesome all right ma'am well I, I appreciate it and uh thank you for watching and we'll see you next week and let's forever stay on the quest for truth we'll see you in episode 18. Hey Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms.